The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. I realized, I realized as, um, as we stopped to listen to that intro, that the very last sentence I said um, should be the first sentence of the podcast. Well, you screwed up. I know. But I wanted to say, one of them is always an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, for the first time in a few months, a couple months maybe, I don't know, we have We've, a guest. Yeah. We have a guest. We haven't had a guest in a long time. I don't um, have to come up oh, with a topic today. You, you, you still need to. <laughs> ah, dude, yeah, God, I've put in the work. Should we just talk about how you have a guest? Well, yeah, <laughs> that too. But <laughs> Okay, so we do need to... Um, contrary to our conversation earlier, you can't wait until the end of the podcast to decide. You have to decide now oh. because I need to introduce you as something. Uh, so what just, am I introducing you as? Just Valerie works for me. Okay. Valerie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, we are going to bombard you with all sorts of ridiculous questions. Oh, I look forward to it. Um, that's actually not true. Most of our questions are pretty not ridiculous. Oh, that's disappointing. We're ridiculous, <laughs> but not our questions. <laughs> questions are well yeah. thought out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, <clears throat> no, not at all. They just don't slap. Uh, the, they're not the, on a ridiculous that scale. Assumes you know how, that we have intelligence. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you know how some shows have prep time and preparation for an interview guest and and all this kind of stuff, and they have a list of questions and they've they've thought out they what they're a gonna, bunch of pieces of paper and they yeah. right yeah we don't do that oh. No. Nice. Shoot from the hip. Mostly. Okay. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. Joey sometimes shoots from his from his brain because it works differently than the rest of us, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sometimes he's also falling asleep. Oh. Sometimes like right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some well, you'd think the walk in the cold would have woken you up. Yeah, but I was up pretty late last night. Doing what? Working on your song? Yeah, actually. Okay. Let's <laughs> I swear I'll get back to you, Val. That's okay. First no, tangent I'm... of the day, which how's the song coming along? I got two chords. That's how it's going. <laughs> so <clears throat> the first day I worked on it was the after the podcast last week. Mm -hmm. And I spent like six hours just playing chords and going, nope, 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 nope. And then I came across a patch on my keyboard and had to learn uh, Van Halen's Jump because nice. it sounded exactly like it. Awesome. <laughs> so spent like an hour doing that. And then by the time I was done doing that, my head hurt. So no progress. No progress that day. Um, but yesterday but, I learned some stupid songs because <laughs> I was just like 
hitting a wall trying to make something work. So I just like, you know what? I'm just going to go on YouTube, listen to some songs. And then as I got through listening to some songs, I decided I'm going to pull up the chord charts for those songs and play along on my bass. And eventually... One of the ways I learned to songwrite was actually just by ripping off. Oh, and I do that all the time. Half of the songs I wrote from the age of 15 through 17, for sure, at least half of those were all like direct ripoffs. I remember one of my favorite songs was a direct ripoff of a really early Bon Jovi tune. <laughs> Band yeah. hated me for that. but yeah, it's Usually yeah. what I would do is like I'll learn a song and then I will notice a pattern that I like and take that pattern, put it somewhere else. Right. right. Does it keep the faith? No, 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 no. Early Bon Jovi. Oh, we're talking how like much earlier. 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. The record before Slippery When Wet. Oh. Yeah. Which I still consider their, their, their coolest record because I like every song on the, on the album, but it's very much a younger Bon Jovi band. You can hear the youth in the songwriting and yeah. I have to check it out. Yeah. But yeah. to conclude my story, I have a bass line that is, I think, two chords, but five notes. <laughs> nice. Nice. The last, the last song I ever wrote without, co- without being a co-writing thing um, literally was a chorus, an instrumental, the chorus repeated, and I was done, and I couldn't think of anything else. And the grand, the whole thing wasn't even two minutes long. Okay, I um, I wanted to I wanted to ask because Valerie doesn't know what's going on yet with the song. Just in general. Just, oh, well, just, just in general. Yeah. Just, well, sorry, she, was, she's. I assumed <laughs> she's she's just a tad <laughs> clueless in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no. and 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 there's bound to be someone listening. Um. Because we're sandwiched between the Jones and Love show, I think, and the uh, rebroadcast of um, uh, of of the studio sessions show, yeah. so we're now we're now like the middle of of, of three shows. Ooh, so Ooh. <clears throat> yeah, at least we're for the filler. For the, <laughs> we're the filler. <laughs> that sounds about appropriate, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, at least for those of you that are listening on G Radio on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, so uh, explain to Valerie and the world what this song is, why you're writing this song. Because you forced me to. <laughs> That's the short of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. I've just been struggling to write songs, and I wanted to do it this year, and so you made it my New Year's resolution that I would get a song done before Valentine's Day, or else I give you a microphone. That's right. Which, I mean, I have two that I'm okay parting with. (laughs) Which makes makes this probably work out in my favor, because we get, you know, a little bit of content every week, and I get a microphone. You know, you know what we'll do mm. when when you don't succeed in being finished for Valentine's Day. Um, we're gonna set that microphone up, and we're gonna talk into it on the show. We'll use it as one of the mics. Mm. <laughs> uh, and if it's a shitty mic that you give me, we'll use it as your mic for the show. 
I wouldn't say either microphone is <laughs> shitty. I just don't use them anymore because I got better microphones that do what they do. Mm. Did you have one of the Apex um, the 420s? 425, 325s? The, the two mics. Oh, the uh, 460? 460. Damn it. Yeah, I have one. You only have one? Okay. Yep. I had one once, and I'd sent it back because I couldn't figure out the grounding issue. I have the but anniversary I've... edition. So it's that was the, the same one, one that, that I had, uh, the black one. Yeah. Now, yeah. like the black, the 460B now. Yeah, right. Because um, it's, I don't know. The model numbers for it are interesting. It's, 460 is the original gray, ugly one. Right. That doesn't come with anything. Which I would just paint anyway. Yeah. Just take a nice can of, 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 of enamel spray and just spray And you can find those for like 70 bucks across the country. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're dirt cheap and then you can modify them for an additional 400 bucks. And then you mm-hmm. can, depending on which modification you go with, you can make a, a C12 one. And I think the... Uh, a U forty seven is also another modification. I think I'd probably go with. This is how we tangent. Like, like I can see you spacing out already, Val. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> is it that obvious? Yeah. All right. I was listening, but uh, there's just a lot of acronyms and letters, and that's fair. That that's I'm fair. like, hmm, should I be googling this right now? Um, well, the the chapter seven assignment that we never actually finished. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit of what this pro- was about. It's in progress. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh. Okay. Maybe we'll spend some time on that today. Okay. After the show, maybe. After maybe. the show. Okay. <laughs> I didn't bring my book, so I don't have the well, specs. We got it on time. It's fine. Okay. I, I, we'll just make it up again. Okay. Sorry. Anywho. <laughs> tangent inside a tangent. Back to the uh, tangent. I, I would have gone with the with the C800 mod. Um, the one that makes it more like a... Like a CV12, the Aventone. Yeah. Um, that's still, that the, the Aventone's still high on my list of, of wants. Not needs, but wants. Um, I'd like to get a microphone that is a clone of uh, the Sony. The 800. Yeah. That's with what, the, the crazy. With the crazy uh, heat, heat sink. sink out the back? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's. Just because it's so damn ugly. But that, that heat sink out the back. Val, we're talking about a. Uh, an eight thousand dollar microphone made by Sony. Is it I don't 8, even 000? think it's. Yeah, I don't. I thought even, it was like. It might be. It might be ten. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Um, it's it's a ridiculously priced microphone, but it's incredibly smooth and detailed and accurate and and. Really popular, but really expensive. So not everybody has one or gets to use one. Almost nobody has it. Anyways, it's there's, so damaged, there's, there's been a lot of clones made of it because it's it's very similar to another really popular microphone. Um, and the tubes, well, the tube's usually inside the microphone, but the tube gets so hot they had to put a heat sink on it. Right, and, and so this one, this one, it's about the size of your of your coffee thing, and it oh, has girthy. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and and it has it has a heat sink sticking out the back. <laughs> <laughs> that must look ridiculous. It, it it really does. And but the heat sink, the heat sink has got to be four or five inches long and and it's I don't know, it's it's an inch thick all the way around, poking out the back that just uh, they're selling on reverb for almost ten thousand. Nice. There you go. And it's oh. the replica that has 
Oh, the heat. Thing no, 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 no. You're the original. The replicas, the the replicas, because the heat sink, the heat sink, that's a thousand dollar part, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. To have a heat sink that big to do. Yeah. There's right. special components about it that make it yeah. so that a lot of the heat is going through this tube that goes to the heat sink. Yeah. Oh. That's what the microphone looks like. Yeah. And, and they're, they're a gorgeous sounding mic, but they, they're one of those mics that, that don't have a ton of character because they're designed not to have character. They're designed to be oh, no. super, super clean and, and detailed and accurate. But that heat sink, I think you could get like a weird performance out of a, somebody with a microphone that looks like that. Hmm. Thus, I would like a clone with a crazy heat sink like that. We could just build some crazy contraption on the back. Yeah. Yeah, you just put a phone holder on it. You need the, the heat sink. Just you want something there? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I like that idea. <laughs> uh, okay, what we're uh, what were we talking about? Where were we going? Uh, oh, your song. Oh yeah. yes, your song. Okay, so you have you have two chords written. Yes, and you have a bass line written with five notes. Yes, and does that does a bass line do those five notes modulate to the second chord? Or is it just five notes throughout the f- two chords? Uh, I think it just. I'm not sure. I have to like actually write it down and try and figure out what's going on. I'm speculating that it's two chords because I changed the root note twice. <laughs> right. So what Joey. it could be is it could be like the same chord, but I just changed. Yep. Change the inversion. I um, I really, absolutely am in love with the main theme of the movie, Mister Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Or do you just like saying it? No, well, I mean, it, it's a, it's a cool title to say, but and 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 a wonderful movie. I really enjoy the movie. Um, I, you guys both know, I'm I'm a cry, I'm a big crybaby when it comes to movies and that kind of stuff. I cry for at least half of the movie. It's fantastic. Anyway, so so the theme is is one of those is one of those themes. It's it's got it's got this main line that doesn't really that doesn't really change, but these modulating modulating tones that that move around behind it that not really chord changes, but they are chord changes, right? I really I just I've noticed a <clears throat> noticed a common theme over over the my twenty five years of listening to music where I really enjoy I just really enjoy that kind of stuff yeah. and through my process of trying to get the song written I've noticed a lot of songs are one chord I know right <laughs> yeah <laughs> just the bass lines and the guitar lines are clever enough that it makes you think it's multiple chords but it is just one chord which is always interesting when you discover that yeah and then yesterday I got into a black hole because I hit a wall again and started listening to Primus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it makes me just like want to play like that, but I can't play like that. Well, if you put in the work that he did, you could. Yeah, I can't put in that kind of work in two weeks. You should just get. You should just get a. That's true. That's true. I was gonna say you should get a transfer out of rentals into like the bass slash guitar department. Yeah, because I know so much m- he works about where? Uh, Long and McQuaid. Um, 
music store. Okay. That doesn't sound like a good idea. I mean, I do bass and guitar sales anyway, but... I know, but then you could... The bass and guitar... Or the bass and guitar guys all know, like, exceptional details. Like, they can tell you the make... Or the gear of a guitar by looking at it type of thing. I And you might be able to sell better. I, I find that salesmen who know too much um, about what they're selling have trouble selling more. I don't know. Unless they're I, I, unless they have a unless they have a really good ability to dumb themselves down for their customer. Because I dumb myself down is, for PA all the time. And, yeah, I, and rentals it, is not the epitome of well, high I haven't been in rentals all that much lately. Like half my time's in rentals. Do people just rent musical instruments? Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> everything everything you see in this studio yeah. is pretty much available somewhere in the city. Oh. For rent. Yeah. For rent. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Even this console was a rental console before oh. uh before, before All Star sold it to you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, you're right to introduce me as clueless. Well that, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean that that's one of the reasons we brought you on uh, I brought him ah. on the show. Joey um I just kind of told him, but <laughs> nice. Mm. Good move. Yeah. Collaborative. Collaborative. <laughs> Coll- collaborative. Bah. Collaborative. Collaborative. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Um, but <clears throat> Joey and I geek out a ton mm-hmm. and we tend to really like like the whole microphone thing that we just did. Yeah. Like we were throwing around numbers and acronyms and and we knew where we were going, but you're sitting there saying like guys i don't get it well you know i need to study this so it can nerd out too right and and but it's it's nice to catch you at this stage to remind us that we are nerds yeah (laughs) and 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 and, and, you know at the end of the day we'll be okay with that but well and then it sets the bar for me that too yeah yeah because then yeah i got a at least a level of nerd that i gotta get to and of course, geek, as you say, uh, you don't <laughs> have right? to be the same level as me and James because me and James will start talking about the components inside the gear as well, yeah. which is usually more than most audio geeks. Go. Uh, so, so I spent time on the weekend because um, I I really want another bus compressor. Don't you have enough? Compre- I, I I don't. Aren't have you happy with bus. your current bus compressor? I'm, I'm I'm really happy, but I want one more. I want. <clears throat> <laughs> so I have two and I have, and I have the, um, the purple actions that I can, that I can link together. Um, but I haven't done so yet. So, um, <laughs> I want a drum compressor, which I have the, the 160 SL works great for the, for drums. Right. But the Joe Meek, Works really great for vocals, but that's it. I really want, I really want something that I can strap on my band bus so that I can have like overall band compression. And the warm audio doesn't do that for you? What? The what? The warm audio. The Tone Beasts? Yeah. Well, but they, they don't have, they don't have specific compression. It's just kind of, it's just kind of peak limiting, right? Okay. They're tone beasts. Yeah, they're, I know what they are. They're, they're preamps. If I can saturate the 
I yeah. can saturate the transformers. That's like compression. So what I want is, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm 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 thinking I'm thinking along the lines of of either a multiband compressor, which is what I which is what I use in my digital mixes. Okay. So I'm 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 researching those, or uh, uh, an SSL, uh, the 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 G series um, comp. That style of compressor. Okay. Right. Um, if if I could get myself an API twenty five hundred, would absolutely do that. But the chance of me coming up with another three thousand dollars to do so, not going to happen. Anyway, so I, I started I started reach, researching uh, the SSL clones, mm-hmm. how much they are to buy as a clone, or how much they are to buy as a kit, and actually commit myself to building one. And I think that's the way I'm going to go: is commit myself to building one. I don't know if it'll happen yet, but. And then, and then you, you and I are actually going to start diving in. This is where I was going with this. You and I are actually going to start diving into the difference between this capacitor versus that capacitor and, um, you know, different brands of resistors and the, yeah, the, the, the changeable VCAs that we'll drop in and to cost, cause, cause that's what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to, on this podcast, if I build it, this we're gonna, compressor and take it apart and build it again. And, 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 and then customize it so we like the sound of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit, man. I don't know. I'm no electrician. <laughs> so, I mean, resistors stops just like, ah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but this will, give you, this will give you reason to learn. I suppose. You know? I mean, you do pride yourself on, on knowing deeper componentry than your neighbor. <sighs> yeah, but it's more just like, I know that that, component is famous for xyz style compressor or um microphone because that's usually the two things that i geek out the most about (laughs) um yeah anyway so we might go down that road okay okay so way further in than i hoped for before we got to our guest Oh yeah, me. Oh yeah. yeah, Valerie. Oh hi guys. Hi Val. How are you? Great. Good. How are you doing? I'm quite well. Are you keeping up so far? Uh, Not at all. Yeah. Well, there's there's bit. some things. I'm gonna listen to it later and then go- Google it at the same time. Right. All right. Be like, I'll show you guys. I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> Be back on the next episode. Okay. Fuck you both. <laughs> I found out that you guys weren't talking about anything. <laughs> you're just making it up to make me look like an ass. <laughs> That sounds like something we would do. Yeah. See, yeah. and right now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. Well, uh, I so... think if I made up something, it would actually end up being something. <laughs> you so mean like confidence? You'd, you'd, you'd make up something, and 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 instead of making something up, your brain would just draw from existing knowledge. Uh, maybe subconsciously, yeah. just like I'd probably make some alphanumeric thing, and then it would end up being a thing. <laughs> I could see you doing that. Okay. Are you just eating sugar? No, I'm about to have my second <laughs> cup of coffee. Oh, that's yeah. deceiving. Yeah. Well, the, the coffee, I, I don't know. There's something wrong with This might be the worst pot of coffee I've ever made. Um, it, you, you know, normally, normally when coffee drips on the counter, it's got this little brown tinge. Yep. This pot of coffee didn't have brown it kind of had a grayish black 
droplet on the counter. And so it's a little strong. It needs some sugar. Oh, I'm just drinking mine black. Yeah, but you watered yours down and... It was also had old coffee. old coffee, yeah. Well, this was not really old coffee. The coffee I was drinking on the way here. Older coffee. Older, yes. Yeah. A different brew. So speaking of older... Okay. Um, you are in the process of... <laughs> this is a terrible <laughs> segue. Start over. Start over. Start over, young man. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't a good segue. No. no I'm the old over. man in the room. It's... Okay, yeah. Speaking well, but I mean, of old, <laughs> I didn't oh. say I didn't say old. I said older. Older, yeah, yeah. I think that actually is worse. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. All right, go again. Um, <laughs> I remember this moment so I can put it in the intro because <laughs> this makes me look great. Twenty-five minutes. All right. <laughs> um, so you have you're you're in the midst of a career change. Yes. And that led you to the recording program mm -hmm. through Recording Connections. Also true. Um, and how did you, what led you, because you, you were in safety. Yep. Let's just call, leave it at that. Yep. And, and we'll just dismiss that. <clears throat> yeah. My life. yeah and... <laughs> It's been dismissed. Okay, go on. So you were in something else. Something else. And now you are moving into a career in music and music production and this industry, which is a tough industry to make a career out of. How, uh, how, did, you come to the, how did you come to this decision? Like, how did I come to this decision? Well, um, one of my former co-workers, I'd call him my safety mentor, but we've already dismissed that I did safety ever. So um, he has a daughter who plays a really, really good fiddle. Uh, she is 16 now and they wanted to record her. So I went over to their place and they were just like, which part of her career do you want? Do you want to like drive around? Do you want to be your manager? What do you want to do? And I was like, you know what? I don't know, I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, and so they told me to go and look and see what jobs are available in the music industry. So I started Googling. And then when I got to audio engineering, apparently that is the mastermind behind the board. And that was the one that appealed to me the most. Nice. Mm -hmm. Cool. Hmm. I don't know if I would describe it as that. Really? Mastermind watch, behind the board. That's more James the producer well, than the engineer. Sometimes sometimes the producer doesn't even touch the board. Yeah. If I had my way, the producer would never touch the board. Sorry. Yeah, but you have to be like both. I don't mean like standing like behind the board. I mean like actually using it. <laughs> that is the engineer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you. She wants to be want, yeah, you want to do be, what you do. There you go. Turn knobs, push faders. <laughs> yeah. Push do what push the buttons. producer tells you to do. Sometimes. That's generally how I look at it. <laughs> Joey's a little bit of a cynic. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> I heard you tell me how that it works out. If uh... you're not the producer and engineer, it's just listen to the producer, do what he tells you. Or the band. And then... Yeah, but then that would the be, thing... like, to start out, that would definitely be how I would learn some things. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so that is a plus to me. I'm an optimist, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so that works so he's just going to tell me what to do you, uh, I'm in mm. I'll learn stuff 
Well, you're definitely an optimist. Mm-hmm. The number of times that you've called me on my cynicism and negativity. <laughs> yeah, I love it when you say stuff and I'm like, am I just not cynical enough <laughs> to have this mindset? Like, no, the industry hasn't beaten you down enough. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> well. I haven't worked with enough musicians. <laughs> I've sheltered her a little bit. I haven't exposed her to a ton of to a ton of really negative sessions yet. Not that we've had a lot. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, you have been in you have been involved in some really great sessions, like the um, the Desperado Pilots. Oh, they're amazing. They were well. They, not only were they work great songwriters and and yeah, and, and great musicians, but they were they were such a great group of guys to well, work with. Yeah, and just the yeah. like instruction that they gave me, and just like the knowledge of music, Absolutely. how they like, make their music, um, the process. Nick sitting you down and explaining how he's tuning the drums and why he's tuning the drums, you know, and 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 then Phil. Phil, I, I could see Phil uh, from the Desperado Pilots, the lead singer and I think main songwriter. I could see him turning into another Phil Spector. <laughs> like he's just got that, he's just got that kind of brain. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. really nice to watch them work or mm-hmm. be a part. I guess I was doing stuff too. I wasn't just watching, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. to be a part of that process was good. Drum better. Oh, dude. Okay, so you got to... Um, I've been following this guy on YouTube, um, Rob Brown, Canadian guy, another guy from Ontario that is a full-time session drummer and um, he doesn't sound like he tours anymore, but full-time session drummer and um, and home recording drummer, whatever. Okay. Um, and he has, he has a YouTube video series on how to tune, the, the easiest way to tune drums quickly and effectively and it really is mind-blowingly easy the way he describes it and it works every time every time yeah. I've, I've followed his thing i know the basics of it and pretty much how i tune is like does it sound like a drum okay <laughs> so you, you come from the matt wallace school of drum tuning well it's just more or less like i don't know what i'm listening for so it's just like does it sound like a snare kind of good enough and i mean i work in rentals where the only time i really have to change skins is when i'm building a brand new kit and it's just like right let's put the skins on here because all we really need is to get the point across right they can whatever drummer is renting it can tune it to what he wants well it's usually like a beginner kit so it's just like it's not going to sound good regardless so hey man just drill the, <clears throat> the screws in there i've seen if it, i've seen great drummers if the kick drum's make making a boom and the toms good. are going tung, <laughs> then <laughs> we're good yeah right. fair enough sounds like a drum <laughs> uh i have to introduce you to a podcast um it was a two two episode series interview with this guy matt wallace um he's the guy that made the first maroon record maroon five record uh, made the first train record. Um, he did uh, the first handful of um, Faith No More records. And he literally is like, yep, sounds like a drum. Let's move on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, that's like, it. That's hey? the extent. That's the extent of his. Yeah. Well, that's more just he has so much trust in his um, assistants and people working under him that he's just like. Yeah. But I also remember, I also remember seeing um, like. But he band- is pretty. He's, 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 yeah like his his whole his whole perspective on the on the, on the recording is let the musicians do their thing as long as it sounds fine 
You know, it doesn't sound like it's distorting. It doesn't sound like it's unnecessarily distorting. It doesn't sound like it's it's fighting something. All right, that's good enough. Let's move on. Let's worry about the music, not worry about the yeah, right, <laughs> about the minutia because the minutia doesn't always matter. What's well, minutia? The little things. The little things. Yeah. Huh. I don't think I've ever heard that word. Really? Yeah. Really? Wouldn't you've heard me? that word? Yeah. I've okay. never even heard you say it before. Yeah, I've probably never said months. it in your presence before. Wow. I probably haven't said it in a decade, but that's fine. <laughs> but today's the day. Today's the day. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, he's right, because you think of like all the great records out there, especially like the punk records like that are recorded on a two-track. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, how many, how many Beatles recordings do we listen to now that... Recorded that, on a four-track? I mean, yeah, stacked, it was, but... It was one microphone on the drums. Yeah. You know, it was... It was one microphone in front of three singers. Um, it was just, okay, you guys do your thing. Here's a microphone. We're going to make sure that technically it sounds fine. Yeah. Or running the tape through two tape machines to get that delay. Right. No, I mean, it, there was a lot of creativity going on back then. Yeah. But working within limitations, right? Yep. That's one of the reasons we, um, Valerie works with me on the, uh, on the Sunday night um, studio sessions. Um, um, 8 p.m. Mountain time. 8 p.m. Sunday nights. Yeah, yeah. mountain time. Um, yep, that's it. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why we, like the whole thing is live, recorded to two-track. That's it. I don't even bother doing the multi-track anymore. Um, no one's wanted it. Uh, what, do you just sum to two or? Yeah, I just, yeah. like, uh, we, do a, we do a two, we do a left and right into the computer yeah. and that's it. Okay. You know, as long as, as long as long as it's not clipping on the way in, um, you know, I try to run it as hot as I can so I don't have to, I don't have to normalize it or something later, but, um, yeah, it, it's just, it makes it simpler. This, they still sound good. Um, last, <clears throat> last week we had, we had, uh, the guest engineer Roland that mixed it and, and we didn't use any compression. We just used bus compression. We didn't use any track compression. It was just bus compression. Because we forgot to engage it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. I told him that and he, he was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. didn't tell him during the session because you didn't want him to engage it in it. the middle of the session. Yeah. Well, and, and then, and, and then this week, this week, <clears throat> I'm going to start, I'm going to start my rant. So the band that came in this week, um, I really love their tunes. They're they're kind of a they're kind of a pop punk band. Yeah, they sound good. Really love their tunes. They're really great guys. Um, Caleb and D uh, from the band A Gentleman's Pack. They uh, they were just really great to work with. They were really nice guys. They were good. Both of them were decent singers. Doesn't sound like really, a rant. I, I'm, I'm going to get there. <laughs> okay. I, I'm I'm trying to be nice because yeah. I, I really, I literally, what the fuck words. is the word? Words. Ah. I enjoyed those guys, and I'm hoping somewhere down the road I get a chance to work with them. Um, and if not, I, you know, I hope they release their record on vinyl because I want to buy it. That being said, remember how people always say, the moment you say but, everything before that is, yeah, it just, right? It's mute. Out the window. Doesn't matter. They showed up 45 minutes late. That's probably not fair. They should probably they probably showed up 40 minutes late. 
Mm-hmm. And so we had 20 minutes for setup and sound check before we go live. Where normally our sound check is 45 minutes long. Okay. So we've had two songs before I get the, we're live in three minutes. <laughs> I haven't even turned on the damn software <laughs> so that I can start recording them. <laughs> so we hit record. We're, we're, we're live. The intro plays and it's about 20 decibels too quiet. Okay. So I correct that. I readjust <clears throat> and my readjustments just like poof, slamming into the converters and now we're distorting everything. <laughs> and then I figure out <clears throat> oh fuck I'm clipping everywhere readjust, readjust again. again and slowly it, 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 it took and because it's a it's a song and then interview section song and then interview section it literally took me 30 minutes to finish quote unquote sound check and it wasn't until the end of the third song that we that it actually started sounding good okay that, that kind like, of Makes me think of a story one of my coworkers told me. But continue. Why? Well, anyway, it was just they were the only band, the only band so far <clears throat> that I haven't had a chance to talk to because they didn't bother. They didn't bother talking to. Me. They didn't bother sending me an email or sending me a phone call to find out the tech requirements or to inform me what their tech requirements are. Okay. And Jeff and I, Jeff the uh, Jeff Williams, G Radio guy. He, um, he and I had a conversation about that and, and we've made adjustments. So that's never going to happen again, but typical fucking band that doesn't show up. Like I can understand 10, 15 minutes late, you know, have trouble finding the place. Like every day that I come in. Sure. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're only five. Um, I see. But it was, it was like the lack of the <clears throat> the fact that they didn't care enough about how they sounded and maybe that's the punk thing to show up on time They're a pop punk band i know like they should care right yeah they have it's like hardcore when you punk were like they're not and here. that ilk that are more like we want to sound like garbage yeah. whereas pop <laughs> punk wants to sound like billboard records yeah usually right it's not often that I see pop punk wanting to sound like garbage. And so it just like, it made me, it made me really angry after I, after I'd had the the panic of, I have to, you know, having to readjust all the levels on the fly and restructure all the gain and, mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. After I got through that panic and got them sounding good, that's when I started getting really mad. Like these fucking guys. And I, I, I want to apologize to Caleb and Dee because they, they really <laughs> yeah, were great to work with. Yeah, they were really like once, nice. well, once they got here, they were they were just they were really awesome. But show the show on time, like fucking show up on time. The last like it, I don't understand why bands continuously don't give a fuck enough about their sound. Like I could understand if they were a band that didn't give a fuck about their music or their career because there's lots of those bands out there, and lots of them admit it. Like. I played in bands where I just didn't give a fuck about about if we sounded any good at all because I just didn't give a fuck. 
I've been kicked out of bands because I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've also been kicked out of bands for for, for writing instruments. <laughs> no, I didn't trash an instrument. I my instrument got trashed, and then did you I trash trashed. an amp? Huh? Oh, sorry, what did you trash? I trashed a drum kit because oh, drum my kit. amp right. was destroyed. Right, right, okay. As well as my guitar. <clears throat> yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I wasn't. I, I just couldn't remember what you, what fault you trashed for that. Yeah. No, I I knew you weren't at fault, but yeah. Um. Anyway, so I just like these guys. These these guys are serious. They have some. They have some serious um, potential in, especially in their network. Um, they have. They've been in talks with Universal. Um, Ooh, they that's invented cool. the scene in Beaumont. They didn't. That's what he as, said. Yeah, as much as he thinks they did, they didn't. Um, okay. I I yeah. Unless he's unless he's in his mid thirties, and he's talking about fifteen or twenty years ago, he didn't. Um, Maybe it was just at that one place then. Uh, that's possible. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I remember listening to that part, part part of the interview and thinking this guy, this guy is super isolated. It's Beaumont. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pop anyway. Punk anyway. Was so, a thing like a while ago. <clears throat> It hasn't uh, really disappeared. I think what he meant was that he that there was not really a place to play in Beaumont, and now there is a place for bands to play. Maybe because that's how I heard it. Uh, not that he invented I, the genre. No, that's definitely no. not true. Yeah, well, I've never really been there. There's been, so there's been there's been places to play in Beaumont for a long time. I mean, even uh, I I played in bands dating back to 2005, and there had been plenty of places to play in Beaumont. Hmm. Plenty of, I mean, there were two. Maybe yeah. His plus, plus they have, plus they but, have that festival every year, the Beaumont Blues Fest. Yeah, which is not a blues festival, but there's lots oh. of shows that go on there. He's just not noticing. I don't think that there's lots going on. Yeah, happens. Um, anyway. Much like how people say that Edmonton's music scene's dead, despite the fact that there's always music going on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, ah, so, um, what? <laughs> no, no, that, that's just speaking of the whole dead music thing. Um, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on HMV closing? I, that's what happened when I was like, <gasps> that was my reaction. Like, just... oh, this is the first time hearing of it. Oh, so Valerie, tell us what's going on. Um, Valerie and I both I used think to work years 100... ago at HMV. Yeah. West Edmonton Mall. Yeah. Uh, but not together. <laughs> Never at the same time. Um, I don't know. I was really, I was quite shocked. And then it made me sad. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I'm really entering the music industry at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> How, so, like. So HMV, the biggest. closing the, all of their stores, the biggest correct? chain left in Canada. Um, yeah, they're, they're closing all hundred and some, 123? like 112, 123 stores across pick. Canada. Um, I'm surprised it took this long because their yeah, their, their business model has been unsustainable since the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they got into early video 2000s. Games. They should have backed out, right? I mean, they, like they they did the right thing in, in in changing from from a music store to a video store to video and um, games. And and I don't really consider but, them a game store. But they, don't they sell them? They do, but people well, who it, are into buying games have. Their stores that they already go to. Joey's a game guy. Oh, um, so so. But well, the, the, the point is, uh, Lachlan, Alan Cross, Alan Cross, not Lachlan Cross. 
Alan Cross was saying that this is going to be a huge blow to the Canadian music industry. No, it's not. Well, he he's saying it's going to be it's going to be that much harder for Canadian musicians to to sell physical products because HMVs, why are you trying to sell physical products? 2017 Spotify exists. Like, no, it's stupid. Don't sell physical products unless you have an audience that wants to buy a 12 inch record don't make physical products you don't think you can sell them i don't no it's not viable because who wants a cd no one and but people still want physical things to hang yeah, on to. and people do want like those 12 inch records these days but if you don't have the audience that is willing to buy a certain amount of those vinyl records, you shouldn't be making them. Well, and, and, and that's totally fair. Like, like you have to have, you have to have enough people that will buy to make the product. But, but I mean, like most music appreciators want something physical that they can take home to add to their collection. And that doesn't have to be a CD. That doesn't have to be a cassette deck. That doesn't have to be an eight track, but they want something physical that they can take home and hold in their hands while they're enjoying the band on their iPod or their phone, whatever. Well, you know, make your t-shirts. Because, I mean, musicians are over-glorified. Or over... What is it again? Um, over-glorified... Salesman? T-shirt salesman. T-shirt salesman, yeah. That's what you are as a musician. Sell t-shirts. That's your job. Yeah. Maybe you just have a, like, CD pocket on the t-shirts then. CD pocket on the t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> But, they, but again, that's, that, that's a physical process. It's physical, a physical, physical product. product, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing that's not selling. Even even um, uh, record sales took a twenty percent dip in like like vinyl sales took a twenty percent dip in twenty sixteen versus twenty fifteen. This was a recession year. Uh, it, it was described to me more as the back catalog is- was the big thing that was selling in 2015 and earlier mm-hmm. and now people seem to be caught up on their back catalog. So it seems, you know, well, like that, how many people are going to buy new copies of Led Zeppelin four. Right. But also that a lot of record companies are, or like the record plants are having to make the top 40 stuff. And that's not necessarily the stuff that's selling vinyl, mm. but because the record companies have more money to throw at that they're getting ahead of the line of the actual records, the, the niche records that people are buying. I think. Right. That's my speculation. Because the whole 12-inch sales uh, rise, like that was a niche market of like some bands that had enough people that would buy records. But now, because like your Universal Studios and stuff is seeing that there is an increase, a pretty significant increase in vinyl records they're pushing all their records into vinyl which is back making it difficult yeah. for anyone else who was a part of that market growth to get their records uh, printed because all the big record companies are paying extra to get their records pushed out first i guess i just don't see it like i i don't see the big i don't see the big record companies making a lot of investment in vinyl but they are but I don't, I, I like, they're, where are they going to sell they're it? Pushing it. Except for at like online. shows well, and I, online and then they mail it to you. Sales? Yeah. That, that, that's a pretty, I mean, that's, that's the only way I buy records really. Like, really? I just buy them at shows. 
I'm hardly ever at shows. Like I, I almost never get to shows. Oh. And when I when I do get to shows, it's it's a local band that has never had the money to yeah. make it's a five hundred or one hundred or whatever run of records, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the injection mold vinyl records though. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently my belly is too. Um Yeah, it, it, hopefully that'll speed things up a lot, right? Oh, it will. Yeah. It, it'll speed things up as well as make them cheaper. Mm-hmm. Significantly cheaper. It's like 40% um of your cost will go down uh, because be of awesome. injection mold. Be great to have great to have vinyl down around the 20 to 30 mark instead of the 30 to 40 mark. I don't know if prices will go down right away. <laughs> of course not. But, but the, the cost of making records will go down significantly. Uh, um, so if you're, making, if you're making 500 records, which is a lot of records for mm-hmm. someone to make, usually they're making 100. Um, you know what? Let's just go in 100. If you're making about 1,000 bucks to do. Uh, 100 is... No, 100 should, be, 100 should be in the range of... Can see Canada Boy Vinyl. Yeah, Canada Boy Vinyl will do no printing, but a hundred records for twelve hundred bucks. And, yeah. and if you and if you want now that includes the CD jacket, but if you want printing on top of that, you're going to add another five or six or yep. seven hundred dollars to that. So and so if you need so mastering done, that's like another four hundred. Yeah, yeah. Although although um uh. Jamie, uh, Jamie Sitar at, at, um, at out of town sound, uh, he's been doing, if you request it, he'll do a, he'll do a master for vinyl as well. Um, that's something I would like to learn how to do. Pardon? You master them differently. Yes. You do have to, um, the vinyl, because it's a physical, it's a physical, the needle is physically on the groove. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you have too much, too much volume, coming out of there, the needle will actually bounce. Or if you have too much low end, oh. the needle will actually bounce and you don't want it to bounce. You want it to glide along smoothly. Right. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to master it quieter. You have to master it with more dynamic range. Um, so peak versus RMS. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have the low end balanced differently to the rest of the thing. Now, <clears throat> Jamie okay. says his process is pretty, pretty simple to, to do that versus the CD. And sometimes I think on the, on the, um, some of the mechanical re- uh, record that just came out that they've now pulled off the shelves already. <sighs> Long story there. Um, uh, he did, uh, he just did the, the main, the, the, the main master. He just did all of it as a vinyl master. And then that's what went to, that's what went to CD. Hmm. Added a couple of couple of decibels of extra dynamic range and was done with it. Hmm. Yeah, and the master the master that I did for Sean Bosch back at the beginning of summer um, of his four song EP, uh, we just we just did straight for vinyl. Okay. Yeah. And it, I think I think because of that, it sounds better anyway, right? You know the balance is better. The it's not as it's not as squishy, not as crushed. Um, a lot of a lot of contemporary, let's call it just pop music, and by that I mean anything that's popular, mm-hmm. uh, tends to get um, tends to get the volume turned up way too loud, 
And then of course, because you can't go above digital zero, limited so that it's just it's just, it just sounds just hangs out at zero. It just hangs out at zero. Yeah, there's there there's no apparent volume change. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless you're me, the... and then you get complaints about how much dynamic range is in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to selling physical product because mm-hmm. I just thought of this. Okay. And it's it's pretty uh, ridiculous. You know how they have like ice cream trucks. Yeah. With that annoying song. Yeah. So what if the band played their music out of it and then sold ice cream and their music? <laughs> Just driving around, you'd be like, you know what? I like that song. I'm going to go chase this ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah, no band's willing to put that much effort in. So. Uh, yeah, I yeah. was uh, half kidding. Actually, yeah. more on the joking side. Is that a retailer? Lazy. Yeah. Pardon? Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, and, and, and there's tapes. a lot of, there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of that kind of cross promotion. I mean, um, Alex Vicia, a local folk, I think she's folk, um, artist has, um, has her, I think it's her CDs even selling on the counter at a bank or Starbucks. They still have CDs. Starbucks. Do they still do it? Uh, I haven't been there in a while. Cause they, I, I think they were just doing, they were just doing their, like they were doing like a corporate sponsorship type of thing. Yeah. Like. Like, oh, like Alanis Morissette was one at yeah. one point and, um, and they didn't do a lot for local and that's the thing. Hmm. Um, oh, Booster Juice was invented here. Maybe they'll sell CDs. Local Actually, record store and they'll, yeah. they'll always carry local stuff. Yeah. Like pretty sure Blackbird would local stuff. Yeah. Blackbird pretty has sure they do. tons of local stuff. Um, uh, and the problem with the problem with those the problem with local stores is most people are not interested in going to a local store. They know they want to go to a to to a name they recognize. And the average person, I mean, Blackbirds, they do fine. Yeah. They, have, they have a they have a very loyal. Well, it, it's uh, it's the record store that everybody here in Edmonton goes to. Yeah, like it's it's the big niche market record store here in town uh well listen records does okay there's a new one yeah. there's a new one that opened up on the west end but i can't remember for the life of me the name but okay well fair and and uh curiosity inc next door they're starting to uh sell records too <laughs> he's looking for old record collections and well regardless oh. I, <laughs> I don't see the problem with hmv closing because who is buying music from HMV? Well, and I think I think that's the issue is is if people were still buying music, they'd stay open. Yeah, because HMV had well, changed. HMV to a, wouldn't have changed to a movie store essentially if people were still buying music. Yeah, yeah. Like when I went to or yeah before this news that's coming out, like when I went to HMV, it's like one eighth of their store is music whereas like when i was growing up it was the entire store yeah yeah and and, and that's when, when when i started there it was like the video section was small yeah and yeah yeah half now, of up, there were yeah half of upstairs and like who's buying movies from hmv yeah like with my customer service no one <laughs> well no one's buying movies from hmv because the thing called netflix is around Exactly right. I mean, the, like the the way we consume, the way we consume our our video entertainment has just completely changed over the last five years. Yeah, 
you know, like, like, like and it's the same with music. Like, it's, I use Spotify to listen to music. I don't buy CDs unless I really like the record and I want a twelve inch of that record. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 that's 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 the way I feel too. Is is my I can't play my record player right now because of the fucking puppy. She'll right. jump and smash into it, and I don't want to scratch my records. She's clumsy. She, yeah. Where's your yeah. record player? Like on the floor? No, but it's on a it's on a little table. Oh, she'll hit the side. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but it's still it's still enough of a like she will jump on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, she loves to play by jumping at things. Enough to cause record skips, right? Yep. I don't want to do that to my records. I have I, I, I have a new record that I bought that I'm not going to open for another two years because like, I'm not even going to take it out of the, the cellophane because I can't play it because, because of her, right? So I'm going to listen to it on Spotify and that's enough, right? I'm even, yeah. I'm even setting up an eighth inch jack so that I can plug in phone, iPod, iPad, laptop, whatever, right beside the record player so I can still, you know, play all that stuff through the stereo system. Yeah. Because cause everything's, everything's changed. Yep. Yeah. No, if... And that's why... If that's Sokan why I wants wanna, to help the music Sokan, industry... They can't do anything about it. Well, I mean, all those... Um, they're an advocacy group and they're a rights collect, or royalty collection group. That's... Yeah. Well, they're supposed to represent us in court as well. And and they do, but what are they like? What are they going to change? What would what what would you like them to come in and do? Well, I just want them to. Well, I don't even necessarily want that either. Because, uh, but they're making a big deal out of like, oh, people aren't getting enough royalties from the Spotify's and stuff. So you know, instead of <laughs> freaking out about HMV, maybe focus on that. <laughs> well, and and, and that's going to be that's going to be the. I think because the record stores are all basically now closed, except for the independents. Yeah. Um, I, I think the independents are going to do better. Yeah. I think uh, something like, like SoCan and other music advocacy groups are going to be able to focus on the way music is being consumed now and make that better for the artists. And I don't really have a problem with it. The, the trouble is people are just overall overall listening to less music. Right? Like yeah, like possible. um like uh, all these stats. Drake had a billion streams on Spotify last year in 2016. Had over a billion. He was the first artist to crack the billion mark in t- uh, and, and he did it in 2016. That's that's fantastic. That but that's that's individual streams likely to mostly single users. People listening on their headphones, people listening in their cars, people listening at home. Maybe there are there are organ you know, there's places and I'm, I'm sure there's places where they're listening, you know, there's thirty people in a room or there's a hundred people in a room that are listening to it all at the same time. Fair enough. But for the most part, that's w- one listen. So that's a billion set of ears that have heard Drake. Whereas you put that into context of terrestrial radio like a radio station that's playing Drake. Jesus. It, uh, like he, would, he would reach a million, a million listens in less than a month in a city like Toronto or something. 
Anyway, okay, we got to go. Um, so this is the interview that never happened. Val, thanks for coming by. Yeah, you're welcome. And we'll see you all next time. Too early. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.